Welcome back to the Paradigm Project. We are here today with a guest host, Michael, and our guest, who is Kiana. She's absolutely wonderful. She is a Paradigm alumni. And we're just going to kind of talk about teenage empowerment and some some really awesome stuff with that. So Kiana, can you start by telling us a little bit about your experience at Paradigm? Awesome. So yeah, I first started going to Paradigm like uh, 10, 11 years ago. And I wasn't here for my freshman year, but I was here for like the rest of it. And Paradigm was like it was a very like formative like experience for me and it was it was like a home i was able to really learn a lot about myself and about developing ideas and like developing as a person so i was a little bit of a wild card when i went here <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know if it still i still is in the dress code, but it used to be that they had to specifically ban cloaks from the dress yeah. code. That was part, that was a big part of it. That was my fault. I dressed like a <laughs> hobbit every single day, and I I was that kid. You know, I mm-hmm. was I was kind of kind of a little bit weird, a little bit kooky, and I'm still a little bit weird and a little bit kooky. But I don't wear a cloak everywhere yeah. I go now. It's like a, a steampunk like yeah. trench coat. Oh, that's I that's love that. that's what that's I tend amazing. to. But Good yeah, stuff. yeah. It's paradigm home of the nerds. <laughs> yep. We like weird and cookies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about what you've kind of been doing since then. When did you graduate and, and what's been going on in the middle? So I graduated about 2015. And since then, I've been doing a lot of things. I was a motivational speaker and worked, um, founded a like a company that focused on self-help and empowering teenagers. I have written and published a couple of books. I served for about 18 months for like a, an ecclesiastical thing. I've worked in various space centers and doing a lot of different like acting gigs around mm-hmm. the around the state and I also write simulations and present at conferences and other like some and symposiums and things like that about writing and other things, I guess. Right. So, that's yeah. awesome. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I I love everything you do. You're fantastic. <laughs> Anyways, so that's a little bit of, of some of the things that you've done. What are some of the things that you're doing right now? Right now, I'm focusing on writing. Like, you know, that's where I like I've hit the ground running and I'm just doing that full time. I since like the beginning of August, I've written maybe two and a half books just Heck like yeah. and we're working on getting those polished up and figuring out a way to publish them. I'm going to be speaking at LTUE, which is a writer's symposium, on the 15th through 17th, I believe. Awesome. So I, I know that I went there as a field trip for Paradigm stuff. Oh, that's fantastic. So, yeah. like, if, if, you're, if you're there, you'll see me because <laughs> they put me on a lot of stuff this year. <laughs> I love that. What are, what are the names of your books if our listeners want to check them out? Okay. So right now I have one book that is published, um, and it is titled My Brother is Human. And you can find it at dramaticpress.com. So it's like Fantastic. dramatic, but dramatic. And I'm sure you'll put in a link or yeah, something. We yeah, we can put a link down yeah. below for everybody to check that out. That's yeah. fantastic. And what what is it about? Can you give us a little summary? Um, basically, imagine what would have happened if Bruce Wayne had been adopted by the Kents. Oh, I love that. So. Ooh, I'm <laughs> yeah. a big DC fan. Oh, that's, so good. Yeah. yeah. High quality. If we could circle back around to some of those organizations that you've been a part mm-hmm. of with with Teenage Empowerment, could you tell us a little bit more about, about those? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest one and the one I've been a part of the longest is Heroic Youth, which has had a lot of different 
like uh, names over the years. Yeah. Um, and like it's been done a lot of different things. But it originally started as a big simulation for boys 8 to 12 years old. And then all, all of the volunteers who helped them were youth. Of course, primarily like, mm-hmm. you know, like boy youth. Right. Men youth. Yeah. And I don't know, like I really wanted to be super heavily involved. I wanted to have a sword and go into Naturally. battle and Who do stuff. But they were like, no, you can't. There's no, but, I was, but I wanted to. So I created something very similar for girls. And then eventually that was like kind of adopted by the other group. And now it's all kind of like meshed together. And, there's, right. and yeah, so and that is frequently referred to as Summit. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. So, and that was, that, I founded that when I was 15. So oh, That's fantastic. So, yeah. That was when oh, I was 15. Yeah. And, Teenage yeah. empowerment. Oh, yeah. It was like, yeah. I was really into doing stuff. <laughs> yeah. I I get that. I said, I, I don't do anything at all ever. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, never that. ever. And I've actually, I've been a part of Summit for a couple of years, and it is, it is genuinely a fantastic environment where people are able to express themselves and go and have fun with other teenagers and learn skills and learn how to be a leader in that kind of a situation. So definitely, teenage empowerment, go us. I've been involved as well. It's fantastic. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what what does teenage empowerment mean to you? We've been kind of talking about it in, in abstract terms. What is it and why do you feel it's important? So I have a very different answer than the one that I would have given as a teenager and as, of, as huh. one that I would have given attending here. Right now, today, teenage empowerment to me means being able to understand yourself, like especially as as a teenager, and be able to act on that regardless of the expectations or the assumptions of everyone else in your life, like, you know, so adults, other teenagers... Um, etc. And I guess I would have said the same thing, but it means something like a way different to me mm-hmm. now. Right. Like way different. Right. Huh. Can you go a little bit more into, because you say that it means something different, but you'd be saying something similar. What do you mean specifically by that? What would some of your teenage, like deep down, what you mean, <laughs> you know? So when I was a teenager, I was really focused on teenage empowerment and doing all this stuff. That's why I became like a motivational speaker and mm-hmm. not really involved in like the self-help industry. Now I don't have a great relationship with the self-help industry, <laughs> which is why I'm not like not a part of it anymore. But I was so like, I was, there was like this really big culture that I was entrenched in as a teenager that was very like, do big things, be big, change the world, do these massive projects and all of this, just be big and no one can stop you from being big and go do it. And I was so focused on that, that there were a lot of core elements of myself that I neglected because I wasn't focused on actually doing what I needed to be doing. It was what I thought other people would mm-hmm. like, and with or with a couple of big exceptions. And because of that, because I'd like neglected that and fo- and just focused on what what I felt like other people wanted me to become and like you know be that big, impactful, change the world person. There are a lot of things that I didn't experience as a teenager, and I'm having to go back and do it now, like mm-hmm. as an adult. And I'm having to have like a rebellious phase, I guess, because I didn't have that as a teenager. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't have that because I just wanted to please everyone around me and change the world and be like the goodest kid and the best kid. And, Mm -hmm. and my parents were always, or awesome, but I just kind of like 
misinterpreted a lot of what they said because right. I, I took their mm-hmm. you can do big things and you can change the world into I must do big things and I must change the world. Hmm. So that's yeah. really interesting. That's a super interesting. Oh, movie. goodness. I'm curious your thoughts on a good way to influence people in teenage empowerment because you'd think that saying, you know, you can do everything and, and you can be this amazing person mm-hmm would be influencing in a good way but if it influences you in a way where you're like oh I have to be mm-hmm. um what's a way that you think people could switch or I don't know how to phrase yeah this yeah question. I get what you're you saying. Get, yeah yeah, yeah. They can, like, interact yeah, with yeah. interacting with the concept way. in a healthy way there we yeah. go <laughs> the concept in a healthy way yeah I think that it, a lot of it comes down to you know how you interact with individuals because each individual is going to like need something different and each individual teen is going to be on their own path and they're going to need to hear different things right and so I think just avoiding big blanket statements Hmm. honestly and avoiding these big blanket expectations for not just teenagers but also like yourself Um, And that's something that we get caught up in a lot is like these big blanket expectations and like every, every culture does it, but especially this one. (laughs) We're we're always go, go, go. Yeah. 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 And so I think like, you know, just stepping back and like working with the people around you and seeing what they need and encouraging them to participate in things that will help with whatever they're going through. It's like really touchy. It's really touchy. There's no right answer. Yeah, There's that's no really right interesting. Answer. And I think that, actually, going back to something that we were talking about in our last episode uh, with mental health, we talked about how success is often more prominent when people have that safe environment mm-hmm. to be free to express themselves and be individuals. So I feel like that's the same thing with, with teenage empowerment and, and with that growth is that you have to be able to have that environment where you are safe to be an individual and where you are safe to express and where you, you're safe to fail at things and get back up and do it well, you know? Yeah. I think one of the most dangerous things you can tell a teenager who's trying to figure, or not not just a teenager, but like anyone, but like especially teenagers, is it's just a phase, you'll outgrow it. No. I, that's uh, like, I because it. first of all, it's pro it's probably true because we all go through phases. Right. We all go through stuff. But as soon as you say that, like any communication is just shut down. Right. It's like gone and they, they will not come back you know, teenagers will not come back to you because if they're, if, if they're willing to like, let you know about something that, you know, like would, is likely to be dismissed and you then dismiss them, it's very difficult to recover from that. Right. right. We want everyone's um, experiences and development. Every bit of that is very important. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and to dismiss any of it, will definitely, I think, dismiss a part of that envelop- right. development. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's even if even if you experience something and you pass on from that and you are you are now a different person, you are that different person because of the experience you had. Yeah. So it might be a phase, but it is a phase that made you who you are. And it's like really important and yeah. Because I went through a lot of phases obviously. I went right. like like the phase where I wore a cloak every day <laughs> to school and, you know, like had carried around a copy of The Way of Kings and the Constitution of America on me at all times. Like I'm, that. <laughs> That's amazing. I've got we half of that. that. I have multiple pocket constitutions. Now we just gotta get you a copy of The Way of Kings. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but like if someone, were, if I were to go like travel back in time and as myself, like look myself in the eyes and say, hey kid, that's just a phase, you'll grow out of it. 
would have been devastating. Don't right. do that to no. a, Don't do that. Don't I'm do curious. That. I'm curious what you think about being able to change your past. I know that that's something mm-hmm. that people talk about a lot. And they're like, you know, if you could go back and change one thing you did in your life, would what would you change? And I often, my answer is, I don't want to change it. You know, mm-hmm. there's some stuff that sucks, right? And there's some <laughs> stuff that's really great. And there's some stuff that's mediocre. But it's all part of what makes me who I am and what makes me have the ideas that I've had and and what helps me be successful and what what empowers me as a person, you know? And so what is your thought on being able to change things or if there's a phase that (laughs) that exists that you're like, oh, that's a, yeah. I don't think I would like change anything per se, but I would like to have like a talk with my high school self. And there are a couple things that I would, that pieces of advice that no one ever gave me, but I wish they'd given me. I would have told myself to stop taking myself so seriously and I would have told myself listen like you're you're smart but you're you're not you're not as smart as you think you are. <laughs> Calm down a little bit. And then other like stuff about romantic stuff. I would have been like listen you're dumping way too much energy into this. Like it's going to be okay like just just take a chill pill. But I don't think I would change anything that right. happened if that makes right. sense. I would have given myself tools to uh, maybe make a little bit better choices and have more to stew on, mm-hmm. but I don't think I would want to directly change anything because I've right. I've read I've read too much sci-fi. <laughs> like I, I'm I'm I, something's going to go wrong. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. I'm curious, kind of on that same vein. I'm curious what you think about how people's experiences can empower them, especially for teenagers, and how they can, instead of having to look back and say, oh my gosh, there's this advice that I would have liked to have, being able to say in the moment, how can I be aware of myself and how can I let my own circumstances empower me? Well, I think that the best approach that I've found is instead of like beating myself up for, you know, not being a perfect teenager because no one is like <laughs> right amen and hall yeah <laughs> oh no gosh. one is like everyone goes and is like looks back at all the cringy stuff they did because like and that's that's why i love teenagers so much is because you're just going through and you're experiencing so many things for the first time right. and i just i love it but like recognizing that and and becoming the kind of person that you needed when you were a teen and that applies for like when you are a teenager when you're an adult like whatever just looking back at yourself and your mistakes and like okay what kind of person should I have had in my life like what mm-hmm. kind of person would have helped and then just try to be that person right and then because there are other kids like you there are other people right it just I, I found that's the best approach definitely it's yeah. so easy to feel alone as a teenager I yes think. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. um but yeah, I think a significant element of empowerment is knowing that there are other people who are like you going through the same things. Right, mm-hmm. right. Oh my goodness, yes. I think that that's something that is so important for all of our listeners and, and all of us in this room and, and everybody really to remember <laughs> is that, I mean, you're not alone, you know? And we all we all go through stuff. Nobody's perfect. Nobody has this beautiful life with no trials, you know? And, and I think that that in itself can be one of the most empowering things is is not saying, oh my gosh, I got to get rid of this trial. It's <laughs> saying, I'm not the only person in this trial. And I know that because other people have had this random stuff going on to them, you know, um, I know that because of they've been able to get through stuff that I can too. And having that feeling of of not being alone is is so, so empowering. Yeah. I think one of the wackiest things that has happened 
to me, especially like recently, is like we had a I had like a really close friend group growing up and some of them attended Paradigm, some of them didn't. Um, But we're all really close. And like we recently found out that we had all been going through a very similar thing, like Mm -hmm. a very, very similar thing. And we none of us told anybody else. We'd all been experiencing the same thing going through this and we told nobody. And now we're, we're just now like coming back together and like and reconnecting and, and being like, oh, my goodness, we all went through this. We're all going through this at the exact same time. And we didn't tell anybody right. Right. like no one knew. But yeah. Yeah. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. It sure feels like that. Holy cow. Yeah. It sure feels my like goodness. that. <laughs> I, I'm curious, kind of going off of that a little bit. I'm curious. How do you know if you've reached empowerment and and kind of what are some of the tools or sources that you can use to get there i don't think that empowerment is something that you like reach or arrive at okay i think it's like a fluctuating thing and there are moments in your life where you are empowered and there are moments where you're not Mm -hmm. like and that just is constantly shifting and changing um sometimes day by day sometimes even hour by hour sometimes you know like it, it, it varies but i think that the moments where you are at peace with yourself and you are deliberate with everything that you're taking with every action that you're taking and you are taking those actions because you know they are the right thing to do right like when when you're doing something and the only reason you're doing it is because it's the right thing to do i think that is the pinnacle of empowerment i love that so much i think empowerment constantly evolves Mm -hmm. like when Mm -hmm. you were talking about phases earlier and how we can't say Oh, it's just a phase, right? Mm-hmm. I think nearly every decision we make is to some degree empowerment. When when we make a decision, we're giving ourselves the resolve and the belief that we can do the thing that we're deciding to do. As, as a teenager, we're doing so many new things, we're experiencing so many mm-hmm. new things that every time we make a decision, it somehow has just a little more gravity. Yeah. Right. I really like that phrasing. Mm-hmm. I like like gravity. That's interesting. I'm I'm gravity. curious is is empowerment a state? Is it an attitude? Or is it like the actions that you're doing? Or is it a combination? I mean, I, I would think, think it's that like it's a combination. Yeah. But mm. we, we've kind of talked about it in a sense of, you know, you're doing stuff and you're doing it because you know it's right. But what if you think you're doing something right and you feel confident about it? but it isn't necessarily right. Right. Would that still be empowered? Are there multiple kinds of being empowered? I think it would still be empowerment because like of just the, the, the mindset that you're in, because there are a lot of things that I did. Even when I listed off my accomplishments, there are some of them that I consider to be not good things that I did, but I did them. But because I was very convinced that I was doing, that I was doing the right thing. And now looking back, I'm like, oh, that was not the right thing to do. But I still, even though I wasn't doing what was right, I was doing what was empowering. Right. So you can be very empowered and be Mm -hmm. not making the right decisions and hurting Mm -hmm. other people. It's it's on a totally different scale from like morality and stuff like that. We were kind of um, looking at Ender's Game before this. Ah, yes. Um, and in Ender's Game, there's the example of Peter Wiggin, mm-hmm. um, Ender, Ender's brother. And he definitely, especially when he's has this online alias mm-hmm. of Locke. Locke, yeah. He makes a lot of actions and he makes a lot of really strategic decisions that are very empowering for him. Mm-hmm. But not for the right reasons by any means. 
And that's that's an interesting character arc, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But on the other hand, if you look at Ender himself and you look at, I mean, he was empowered. He, he had a lot of things going on and he <laughs> went through a lot of trials as well, like we were talking about earlier. But he persevered through all of the stuff that he was going through and he he was still being as effective as he could be in his circumstances. Now, of course, there are a lot of really interesting things that go on in that book. Um, are and we doing spoilers? I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, spoiler alert. But I'd love to talk about kind of how his empowerment was abused because he thought mm-hmm. that he was just there with the people around him and he was doing, you know, the video games and training Mm -hmm. and things like that. And he thought he was just being effective in a good manner, but really he was like, you know, massacring a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, And not people, but well, well, massacring a bunch of living things. Mm -hmm. How about that? In theory. Kind of. Yeah, there we go. I like that. (laughs) Something like Mm -hmm. that. But let's talk about that. How, because there are good types of empowerment. There are, types of empowerment that may or may not be good, but that, that produce good or, or that produce not good, you know, Mm -hmm. but I feel like a lot of the times, especially younger minds can be abused in that sense. And that them thinking they're doing good things is very much not. Yes. And I experienced this as a teenager as well, where people took advantage of the fact that teenagers will do anything like, will do and will not expect compensation for it. And there were several, there there was, I, I won't name it by name because I'm going to be trash talking a little bit. Um. <laughs> but there was, like, a big event for teenagers that was, that was happening. And there was, like, a team made to help create these simulations and stuff. And it was all teens. And we just worked our tails off. And we worked so hard. And there were people who were paid, but it was not us. It was not us. We were not paid a single penny and we crafted the experience and the simulation and everything like we were taken advantage of. And that happens a lot where people will use teenagers for free labor because like teenagers are so, so you, you tend to be really you want to do the right thing and you want to do right. it for the right reasons. And that can be taken advantage of. And we a lot of our mental health got really <laughs> run into the ground <laughs> during that experience. Right. So how can we combat that? First of all, as I mean, of course, there are, there are older listeners that, that mm-hmm. can help because oftentimes they'll be the ones in power that, that are making that type of decision. Yeah. But how do we as teenagers make sure that we are empowered in healthy ways that actually helps our communities and helps ourselves rather than being taken advantage of mm-hmm. like that situation? Mm, that's that's tricky. I think just looking look at what you're doing and look at if someone else would be getting paid for it if they were doing it. And if they would, if like it was an, if there was an adult doing your job and they'd be getting paid for it, then try to make sure you get some sort of compensation. And also that's that's the big that's the big one for mm-hmm. me like when it comes to like money and and whatever. But there they're just and also like just find adults who you trust and they can help you kind of figure out who is working to take advantage of you and who is not. And I right. I had and of course, like when I was a teenager, I had adults like that in my life and I did not listen to them. And I got taken advantage of a right. lot right. by other adults, um, especially in the self-help industry. But yeah, like just just if someone tells you that you're being taken advantage of, you probably are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, just find maybe. a way to, like, get out of that situation. Right, right. Because it's important 
like, as far as teenage empowerment, it's so important for us as individuals to be empowered and to learn how to manage ourselves, manage other people, and manage skills and life and interacting in society because we are the next adults. And if mm-hmm. if the adults or, heck, anybody around us are abusing our empowerment or our skills or our minds in any way, they are impacting the future of our society. We, we as teenagers, are the people who are going to be changing lives, you know? And, heck, who are changing lives right now? There are plenty of teenagers that are experiencing empowerment in a very healthy way and who are doing a lot of good in the world. But it's, it's so important to be aware of your surroundings, aware of yourself, and aware of the balance that you have in, in society. Yeah. Because teenagers have a massive, massive, massive influence. You are the movers and shakers and you have no idea how much money you are moving around constantly Mm -hmm. just by the things that you are interested in and the people you follow online. You have no idea how much money you are moving around just by existing. And when that is like used to intentionally and on purpose, like it can be absolutely devastating in both a good and a bad way. You guys have no idea. No idea. And you probably won't until you become an adult and then you find yourself tr- frantically trying to keep up with all the things that teenagers are doing. Right. <laughs> and Amen. you have no idea how much money you're moving. My, my mind goes back to a lot of um, examples in history of teenagers having a massive influence on, on current events. Mm-hmm. I read Wild Swans really recently. <laughs> and something that occurs through the duration of that book Mm -hmm. is the cultural revolution Mm -hmm. where Chairman Mao utilizes the youth as kind of a political tool Mm -hmm. as almost a weapon and in that sense it's it's crazy how much we can do I think teenagers and um, youth in general is associated with a lot of vigor and a lot of enthusiasm Mm -hmm. and um, a lot of willingness like you said to do anything Mm -hmm. to try and do the right thing And sometimes that may not actually be the right thing. There's so much power within each of us that I don't think many people realize. And especially when you're a kid where you feel constantly belittled. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, yes. That's actually, that's an interesting thing that I had had an experience with recently at uh, a workplace that I had was I'd been working there for a while. And so I knew the systems, I knew the computers, I knew how to do stuff, you know. Um, and I had originally been hired on um, as just a, a part-time person who, you know, just helped with miscellaneous things. But by the end of it, I knew a lot of stuff and they ended up being short-staffed a lot of the time. So I, I got some of the higher-up powers. But it was very interesting to me to see the balance between the different places that I would work, because I would work a couple different locations, and the, the different management I would work with and the different tasks that I'd be doing. Because I felt like towards the end of it, uh, since I was, you know, still a minor and I'm still young, they still think I'm a kid sometimes, right? And so on occasion, I would just be sitting there and be like, yes, you can do this one thing that's like super simple job because it's super easy, whatever, cool to do that. Or there would be certain times when we would be crazy busy and they'd just like hand me a bunch of people to take care of <laughs> because I knew what I was doing. You know, I could do mm-hmm. it in the computer. I could take care of I could take care of all of these logs and do all of the checking out and whatever, 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 you know. And I felt like there wasn't a balance between my abilities 
and their view of me because mm -hmm. half the time they would use my abilities mm -hmm. and say, yes, we're going to pretend you're an adult right now and give you all of this stuff to do <laughs> uh, because I could, you yeah. know, and then the rest of the time they'd say, well, you're young, so we're going to treat you like a child, you mm -hmm. know, and, and there wasn't really that balance. So it's so important to, as teenagers and people in general, watch that and say, mm -hmm. am I being used for my skills or am I in an environment where I feel safe and where I feel like I am valued, that I am wanted here, that I am being productive and that I'm not just kind of like half the time treated like a child, half the time treated like an adult, but not getting compensated for it. Yeah. And like going back to Chairman Mao and how he used teenagers, like teenagers are often like a major, major tool that that adults will use to get what they want, whether it be for their influence or for their skills or whatever, because you can, you know, get all the work out of them, out of out of you and still like and because you're so young and inexperienced, like not like, well, yes, you are inexperienced and that's that can be a major advantage. That can be a major, major advantage. And you can do things that like no one else would even think about doing because you don't know that you can't. And so you do right. it. <laughs> right, right. And adults will use that to their advantage all the time. Mm -hmm. So all the all the time. And they'll use it in political senses. They'll use it in monetary senses. They'll use it. It's kind of scary. But yeah. Yeah, I think because of that. Okay, I'm going to bring this into a different question that I've, I've kind of been thinking about. Um, so we've talked a lot about the dynamics between adults and um, either children or teenagers. How is that? We, we've talked a little bit on how it's used. How can it be used in a more effective and empowering way? Ooh, that's a very good question. I wish that I had the answer to that. I think that, first of all, adults need to be better. <laughs> adults need to be better and, like, stop being so selfish. And also, teenagers need to recognize how much value they have to bring to the table and to take themselves a little bit more seriously. But aside from that, I think this is like an ongoing problem that we all need to try to like work and find solutions for. Because there's, besides those really vague, unhelpful answers, I don't have anything like directly in front of me besides, you know, just trusting each other and seeing uh, the value that each age group brings to the table, I guess. Right. I think it's a really fundamental change that we as as a society need to evaluate. Mm -hmm. There's, I think, I, I can't think of many times throughout history where youth could feel like they were in an environment of possibility mm -hmm. where anything could be done. I mean, cross-generational conflict is a theme that's recurred throughout all of history. Mm -hmm. um, we see it a lot today. There's like, um, like baby boomers, millennials, <laughs> Gen Z, Gen X. There's so much conflict and mixed feelings there. And um, there's a lot of stuff that gets mixed up and, and not heard and all that mix. Yeah, like you were saying, it's, it's a big question and it's, it's scary. <laughs> right, yeah. but even even back in, in the civil rights movements, I mean, teenagers that were involved in segregated schools, there were tons of times when people would walk out and like make changes in their community and stand up for what was right. Mm -hmm. So how can we as teenagers use our power to facilitate change in our communities? 
you just do it. <laughs> like, no, seriously. Marches are big, are, are, that's an example like you, like you had right there. Like, uh, marches, walk-ins, walk-outs, and I don't know, like, just finding, finding causes that you genuinely believe in and finding out the best thing for that cause. Right. And, and going for it and, like, carefully looking at all the different data, um, involved in those causes and then just going for it. Yeah. Because the nice thing about being a teenager is that, at least right now in our society, consequences are very limited like right. you are not likely to get shot for <laughs> <I hope not. laughs> like distributing pamphlets or whatever like if we were in a more intense political environment i would not be advising you to right. just because if you because chances are you'll get a little bit too involved in, in some causes and you'll make you'll make some mistakes and and maybe do some things that you might regret later down the road but honestly like so this is the time to do that. This is this is the time to do that and, and right. just go for it. And that's how you figure out what causes you do want to support and how um, you want to be treated and how you want to facilitate change. Right. And I think those strong beliefs and mistakes are almost even more important at a younger age because those mistakes that you're learning from, you'll bring to the table when you're older and you have can have even more influence in government and yeah. your community. Yeah, now, now is the time to experiment and try new things and think new things right and that just goes straight back to what we were talking about earlier when we were talking about the definition that it's you know it's having this mindset of i'm going to do this thing that that's right but then going out and doing it part Mm -hmm. of it is that action that that is that is what's empowering is is going out and doing what you think is right because you think it's right but i also like what you were saying michael with you're gonna fail you know but you're gonna learn from it and you're gonna bring that to the table later i'm really curious because in schools you know we have a bunch of extracurricular things that we do right Mm -hmm. you know as tina hey this podcast (laughs) is an extracurricular thing i i don't get paid for this guys Um, we're being exploited but 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 where where does where for teenagers do we draw that line so that we're not taken advantage of because i I personally, I do so many extracurricular things. I was in the musical. I don't want to know how many hours I spent on that. Um, I'm I'm the yearbook editor in chief. Again, I don't want to know how much time, but I don't get paid for any of that. So is is that because it's a learning experience? Is that still being taken advantage because I'm putting all that work into it? Or am I being paid by the learning experience? And how do I tell that difference? Just coming out with all the big, like, (laughs) you know, honestly... I think you're probably being taken advantage of a little bit, but so is literally everyone in the school system. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. You're right. You're right. right. Um, but I still feel like it's like it's valuable. And, you know, like if you feel like it's something that is genuinely helping you grow as a person, because keep in mind that the people who are facilitating those plays and the events in the yearbook mm-hmm. and whatever, they're not getting compensated either. Right, right. Like, and like this, and that's the, that's the big thing to look at is, you know, are the, the people who are in charge, are they getting paid for what I'm doing? Oof, that's rough. So, and if the answer is no, then chances are like, it's just right. the experience. I do like that answer because I think that there is so much value in so many of the extracurricular things that mm-hmm. 
I, I have done and that I've seen other people do, you know? I would not for the world change so many of the things I've been a part of that I have put hours into that have made my bank account so <laughs> low because I haven't been working, you know? But in that sense, though, I mean, the, the higher-ups that, that stay after school for rehearsals or that, you know, spend a lot of time on the weekends mm-hmm. helping me edit and, and doing things like that, they don't get paid either for mm-hmm. that extra time. DeBono, who is sitting here next to me, he doesn't get paid for being here, you know? And so... I think that that's really interesting to look at who's getting compensated in in what way. And if we're just all getting compensated in the way of learning and getting an experience and helping other people learn things and sharing the great conversation of ideas with people, that that in itself can be a compensation and a reward that is, heck, could be worth more than hands down money you know there's a lot of things that i do and that i'm involved with that i do not get paid for at all or i forget to get paid for in fact that's one (laughs) of the reasons why i'm like struggling to make it as an author right now is because i hand out books like candy and like business cards like no you don't need it just take it i I just want you to read it i will pay you to read it please read my book (laughs) so yeah like experiences are really valuable right but i've also been thinking about because that that question that you asked like how do we how do you change the world as teenagers and whatever and I think this is the biggest thing because like yeah there are there are big things that you can do and you should do if you feel so inclined but the biggest thing you can do is to just be a good person and treat the people around you with love and kindness and respect that is the biggest thing that is how you genuinely change the world and that's how you make it a better place because it's not about doing these big things and I just I just wish I had understood that and I, and I didn't. It's about being good. Mm-hmm. So just be good. That's so yeah. interesting. I think we're seeing like these two kind of contrasting, but mm-hmm. two ideas that work together is of having that, that goodness and striving to be kind and um, good and respectful and then also taking action. Yeah. And I think those work in tandem to, yeah. to make a better world. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you need to like not Go be doing stuff because you guys are doing so much. You guys are doing so much. And sometimes the best thing for you is to just like nah. not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. No, but but that's that's true is is finding that that state of balance and that state of peace. What I think going back to something you said earlier is that like, you know, being empowered and and that type of thing is is also being at peace with yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and being okay with the fact that, like, I do stuff and I exist and I'm imperfect. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but from a discussion that I, I had recently that happiness is being at peace with your own imperfections. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've, I've started just kind of like having in my brain all the time, which is great because it's a good thing. But <laughs> I feel like that really goes into empowerment, though, is you have to be at peace with the fact that you can't change the world in a night. Like, heck, maybe you can. I don't know. But <laughs> but most people do not change the world in a night. And that's okay because there are plenty of things that you can do if you're taking action, if you're doing your best to be good, if you are trying to respect the people around you and trying to communicate, you know, your feelings and communicate to other people, creating a safe environment, things like that, that there are so many small things that you can do and say, I am at peace with myself, I'm at peace with my environment, and I'm just going to do what I can. That reminds me a lot of, um, towards the beginning of our conversation, we kind of talked about how, like as a teenager, you you mentioned that you felt kind of pressured to do everything because you were always told that you can do everything. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, naturally, that's, that's, a, that's a part of empowerment. But I think equally so, empowerment is recognizing that 
you don't have to do everything. Right. Correct. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You you can do anything, but you can't do everything. Yeah. You are important and you are changing the world by just existing. You don't have to do anything. Like you are still that doesn't change your value, that doesn't change your worth. If you are existing, you are enough. Right. Yeah, there's so. there's not a qualifier for no. being no. important or, or valuable. Amen. Amen. No. Self-worth, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but but it's true. Like, the world would not be the same without every single individual that's in it right now. Every person has impact on other people. Like, we talked about going back in time mm-hmm. earlier. and But every single small action that every single person makes changes the world. And in that sense, us right now in our own time, because we can't time travel, not that I know of, at least maybe, I don't know. Um, I have news for you. (laughs) No, but we as individuals, every single thing that we do, even if it's smiling at someone, even if it's, you know, holding the door open for someone, if it's being on a podcast and saying, hey guys, what's up? And then (laughs) talking about cool stuff, you know, every single thing that every single person does makes a difference and it's important even if it doesn't right it's important even if it doesn't right like everything is valuable and has inherent inheritance valuable and deserves to be protected even if it does not affect right it doesn't have to be big it doesn't have to like you know i don't have to post on social media and then have (laughs) ten thousand people's lives changed you know i in fact i don't know if i want that that sounds scary (laughs) (laughs) but but the fact that you know I exist today and I I did a thing. Just the fact that I exist and the fact that I did a thing is what's important. Yeah. Every every thought, every decision I make makes an impact on me, mm-hmm. even if it's right. not other people. Right. And that influences my capacity right. and empowers to do good and, and be good. That's that's really interesting. I love how it's coming back to the self. We've talked about a lot of things that you can do for other people and do in your communities, but every time we talk about this type of thing on on the podcast or just in today's episode or just a lot of the times when i have discussions <laughs> with people anyways yeah. it comes back to the self and it's it's not that you know i have to do this big great thing it's that i do things and they impact me and i exist and that's a good thing and it doesn't have to be more complicated than that it doesn't have to be this whole big scheme of like you know wow big project whoa going to change the world ooh it can just be that yeah, I exist today. I put on shoes today. Mm-hmm. That's cool. <laughs> you know, I'm, I made it that far. And and heck, sometimes it is those big things that you're doing. Sometimes yeah. it's, I got accepted to college, you know, that type of thing. But it, it, it doesn't have to be a big thing. Every individual is important no matter what. I spilled sesame sauce on my pants today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. And we, we still love you for it. <laughs> it. It brightens someone's day, you know, even... <laughs> And actually, that brings a really interesting point because there are so many things that us as individuals, especially in today's society, I feel like so many people have so much anxiety and so much so much mm-hmm. sadness and so much ah in their life, you know? Amen. Amen and <laughs> hallelujah. No, but a lot of the time we disempower ourselves because we say, oh, there's this thing that I did and it's embarrassing and now I'm a horrible person because of it. And maybe maybe you're embarrassed by spilling sesame sauce water stuff on your pants, you know? Maybe a little bit. And now bit. your knee smells like rice. Maybe, <laughs> maybe... That Not makes saying. you feel sad, you know, but <laughs> but we, we're all laughing because of it and we're all happy because of it. So it's really interesting. Focus on perspective because sometimes your own personal perspective of things that you're doing or things that other people are doing isn't necessarily reality and it isn't necessarily the big picture. All right. So we've discussed a lot of different challenges to teenage empowerment. 
this is kind of a blanket question, mm -hmm. but I was kind of wondering what you would say is the single greatest challenge to teenage empowerment today. Ooh. Mm, single greatest challenge to teenage empowerment is just, I think it's the fact that no one knows what they're doing. Teenagers don't know what they're doing. Adults still don't know what <laughs> we're doing at all. So it's just the fact that like nobody knows anything and we're just kind of figuring it out as we go and we're all wrong and we're all lost together. But right. I also think it's like it's both the greatest challenge and the greatest advantage. I love that. We're all lost together, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. This has been a really great episode. I've loved being able to discuss with both of you. We are so grateful for Michael to be on as our guest host and then also Kiana as our guest. So good. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to be a part of the podcast. This is super awesome. It was a fantastic discussion and episode today. Heck yeah. At the end of every episode, we have a challenge and a takeaway. So, Michael, if you would be willing to uh, give us a takeaway that you have from this episode. There, there's so much. I, I, I have had like a fire hose of information <laughs> um, going into me. I think the takeaway I had from it is that every single one of us is has, has so much potential, has so much influence that we don't even realize. And along with that potential and influence comes our intrinsic value. There's there's so much that we can do, but that doesn't mean that we have to do everything. We do so much in every second of every day that is infinitely important in ways that not everyone can understand. Yeah. Good good stuff. There you go. Okay. And and Kiana, if you could give us our challenge. All right. Your challenge today, dear listeners, is to do something today because you like it and because you want to. Yes. And for no other reason. I love that. That's that is amazing. so good. You know, I'm, I'm going to do, do that. that. <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Kehana. Um, it was so wonderful discussing with you. I have a lot to take home and think about and unpack. Um, this has been such a great discussion. Thank awesome. you so much for your time. Yeah, and, and thanks so much for joining us, everyone. If you have any questions or want to get involved and support the podcast, please reach out through our Instagram at theparadigmpod, or you can email us at podcast at paradigmhigh.org. And to support us, please rate us on iTunes. Uh, <laughs> it really helps to spread the great conversation of ideas and just our reach to everybody. And... Thanks again. We will attach in the description a link to Kiana's book so you can go check that out. And thanks again, everybody. Don't forget to engage in the great conversation of ideas. Mm -hmm.